0: Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Catholic Connect podcast. So glad that you joined us here on another beautiful day that the Lord has made. From Scripture, the first letter of John, chapter 5. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we know and believe the love God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. In this is love perfected with us. That we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has nothing to do with punishment, and he who fears is not perfected in love. We love because He first loved us. And I think this is a fitting passage from Scripture as we talk to our good friend Robert LeBlanc went out and wrote another book, his second book, and I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. It's called Five Smooth Stones Facing the Goliath of Our Fears. So I'm really excited to chat with Robert about this and share our conversation with you. Again, it's his second book through Justin Press and it addresses a lot of issues that we have in our world today. We all have fears, but boy, practicing virtue, virtue over vice, that's really the message of the gospel and one of the root messages of the book that Robert wrote, and he's been on our podcast several times, so we're really excited to bring Robert back on to talk about this uh, this book. It's uh, quite the achievement to write any book, and this book in particular, I've read it a couple of times already, a very good read, a very quick read actually, and uh, a lot of real good content in there that's gonna edify your soul. And in this time, we really need to be reading good books, watching good TV programs, I was reading an interesting study in a survey that was done on adults over 18 in Canada. And it said that nearly 24 hours per week of television is consumed by adults over 18. I was thinking that's a full day. That's a full 24 hour day every seven days that people are watching TV. And that's not just screen time too on computers and your smartphone, but that's television. And I was thinking, well, Hey, we've got to cut that back a little bit spend a little bit more time with our lord but there's so much garbage so much garbage out there that uh, that's on television and sure there are some good things that we can be watching but you know life is short and eternity is forever and reading a good book especially a good spiritual book i mean that's the way that we can advance in our road to heaven our road to to perfection and practicing virtue over vice Practicing good habits and giving something a little bit extra of ourselves to the Lord, especially through spiritual reading. Share that with your kids and grandkids too. It's, uh, it's a great thing to have. A great gift to have is a love of learning, especially about our faith. And it's a great thing to do is to sit down and read a good book. So I encourage you to do that. And in the meantime, enjoy this conversation we had with our good friend, Robert. He's got a great podcast that he hosts with uh, Dennis as well called the Pints and Pews podcast invite you to go and follow them as well and subscribe to that uh, particular podcast so many good podcasts out there and uh, that's one of my favorites and i uh, highly encourage you to give a listen to those guys over there so without further ado here's our good friend robert leblanc we'll see you on the other side my friends praise be jesus christ now and forever robert leblanc is an educator speaker fellow podcaster with his pints infused podcast he does with his friend Dennis. And his uh, video blogs can be found at the catholicmoment.ca and it's also on YouTube. He's also an author, and he's here to talk about his book called Five Smooth Stones and anything else that might come up in this conversation. And again, a great friend of our podcast, and we welcome him to, uh, to the show again, Robert LeBlanc. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks again for having me, David. Now, to start off, I want to wish you a happy anniversary there david because it was exactly one year ago today that uh, we did our first recording together this might be Um, an advent tradition there how 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 blessed is that uh and it was yeah a a little over a year ago that i kind of got in touch with you and said you know i I was binge listening to the catholic canuck and uh, truly amazing work that you do with the podcast and kind of was you know here's what i do with the hopes that you would invite me on um i have to say that in that year and you have invited me back a couple of times and here we are the the anniversary edition and you've been on the pints and pews podcast as well Mm -hmm. and not just a a brother in christ and not just a fellow podcaster and a a fellow catholic but a, a true friend and a true brother so uh thanks be to god that he has had our our paths crossed like they they have and uh, i'm just again pleased and, and humbled to have been invited back here on the catholic canuck so thank you
0: praise god that's so good robert thank you so much uh and you know the great thing about technology for all the drawbacks of it they do bring people together and uh it's brought you and i together as brothers in christ and as friends and uh Ah, uh, one day we're going to meet in person, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll do it, definitely do it over uh, some pints, and probably sit in a pew and go to church together too. That'd be really cool. And so uh, may-
1: maybe we can meet halfway in Winnipeg. Whew,
0: Winnipeg, that's uh, yeah. Well, you know, there's uh, there's the Jets there. I guess we go watch them. It's kind of a nice neutral team that you know really never beats anybody, and really has a rivalry with no one that of any consequence. So.
1: <laughs> well there we don't have too many
0: listeners in Winnipeg. <laughs> no, actually, you no, know, Winnipeg's one of the few places I've never been to. Um, the, the windy city we call it in Canada, uh, for good reason, but uh but good uh, salt of the earth folks uh in Manitoba, the prairies uh still. So uh yeah, I'm sure it'd be a pretty cool place to go as well. It's a yeah. weird world, Robert. Uh what can we say? It uh from our last time we chatted, I was hoping that uh, well, I should say the first anniversary. I thought honestly I thought by now and the end of 2021 this whole crazy virus thing would be sort of behind us already and we'd be moving forward and uh, there's so much work to do in the church isn't there there's uh, um it's it's neat how we've met through this um you know guys through the Catholic media circles and uh it's always nice to to be working along people uh, alongside people in the vineyard there's a lot of work to do, though, isn't there, Robert? And it just seems like that mountain just keeps on getting bigger and bigger.
1: Well, I was, I, I was like just going to say, spin as our wheels. Were, yeah, as you were saying that, that the work in the Lord's vineyard never ends. Yeah. Or when the work in the Lord's vineyard ends, it will be because the owner of the vineyard has come to see the fruitfulness that that we have borne. Yeah. And yeah, it has been a crazy year. Uh, when we first chatted a year ago, we were in the the thick of the beginning of, of the pandemic and all of the lockdowns that were were going on, and that seems to have been like floating on the ocean because the waves have been going up and down and up and down. Uh, and anyone who knows me knows that I don't do too well out on the high seas, and you know I'm usually hanging over the side of the boat. Uh, you know, maybe that's why I wasn't with Christ as a fisherman on the sea of Galilee. Cause I, I wouldn't have lasted five minutes in the boat there, uh, but things yeah have, have really changed. And thinking back a year ago as well, uh, another friend of mine had put out on the book of faces, you know, kind of you know, the year of 2020 was the year of and dot, dot, dot kind of expecting people to, to fill in the blanks and, my answer to that was it was a year of hidden blessings and before we got started recording we were chatting a little bit along those lines where you know we have to look at the blessings that the lord has given us through these crazy times and where these crazy days and this this crazy pandemic seems to be shutting a lot of doors on us it's opening a lot of doors as well Uh, like we were talking about for both of us having the time to work on these podcasts for one because again sure uh, I, people like many people realize that yes some work needs to go into to putting these together i don't know if they, they realize that you know for every hour of content there's probably about four or five hours of background work that like, goes on with them it's true uh, i look at the blessing you know as the schools were, were shut down and teaching from home the blessing i had of spending more time With my family. Having lunch every day with my wife and my son, being able to go out for for walks with the dog in the middle of the day were all true blessings that normally we wouldn't have if we were all off to our own workplaces and and places of of learning. We wouldn't have had that time together. One of the other blessings, and you you mentioned want to talk about uh, the, the new book, Five Smooth Stones Facing the Goliath of Our Fears. When the schools originally shut down back in March of 2020 uh, was providing some instruction to the students but no one really knew what online learning was supposed to look like and so it opened up huge amounts of time through the week and could have spent that time sitting in front of the television lying in bed having an afternoon nap but I set myself the goal of putting down about a 1,000 to 1,500 words a day to, to put this book together. I already had the outline of the book put together. I've given the, the talk on the, the five smooth stones facing the Goliath of our fears before. So I had this outline. I so said, okay, I'm just going to put some, some flesh on the skeleton. And again, that's one of the, the hitting blessings of this pandemic was allowing me the, the time to do that. I
0: like the analogy too of of the doors, you know, being closed. So many doors that we were used to having open or were closed on us, but it was like God was, you know, our Lord was saying, "Hey, maybe it's time to push some of those doors open." Whether that could be the small encounters like you and I meeting Robert, uh, you reaching out to me in, in Faith, which w- which was great. I just loved it. I wasn't familiar with your work until you you reached out to me, which was uh, which is such a blessing. To just reconnecting with our families, pushing those doors open, finding out. Exactly where where our wives were at, where our our children were at in their spiritual lives, having those conversations, and then even having you know maybe just saying, "Hey Lord, what do you want me to do during this time?" Maybe I do have a little bit of extra time, and uh, you think of even yourself, Robert, with Dennis. You guys have uh, you guys fired up your podcast as well now, and got the the book out. You know, I've got this podcast going. It's you're right. There's so many blessings, things that you know they challenge us take us out of our comfort zone but um, yeah just pushing those doors open that the lord is kind of leading us to and saying listen here's here's where things are kind of locked up right now yes but i've always got something for you that uh, you can go through and it might be an unexpected place
1: <laughs> oh exactly and in that craziness of the world today as you're talking about the doors opening and closing opening and closing you know, the image comes to mind of the old scooby-doo episodes where you know they're chasing the ghosts and the ghosts are chasing them and you're looking down a hallway and this door opens and that door opens and they run from one side to the and it really felt like that at, at some points like okay what doors are open what doors are closed where am I scrambling to who am I chasing who's chasing me whereabouts are we going and in all of that I started meditating on on the crucifix and especially on our lord's feet and my prayer has been okay so Lord, in all of this craziness, where are you calling me to be? What are you calling me to do? And really came to, to the realization that there needs to be uh, those media outlets, like you say, the, the podcasts and, and then the book. And as the book was taking shape through the springtime of, of 2020, it really seemed like the wheels were coming off the world. Because not only were we dealing with the pandemic, but we were dealing with a lot of unrest south of the border, which was also coming up here. And that was the, the theme even before I started to put the book together, even before all this mayhem was going on in society. You know, the five smooth stones taking on the Goliath of our fears, facing the Goliath of our fears. And... Um, Looking at the story of David and Goliath, and I'm not going to reread the, the whole story you know, for, for time's sake here, but looking at the story of Goliath, and you know Goliath, who was this big, mean dude, right? Uh, he measured six cubits in a span, right? And to do the how big is the, that? Yeah, or how,
0: how tall is that? I guess
1: nine foot six.
0: Yeah, so imagine I think Shaquille O'Neal is seven foot two, right? we're talking about a fellow that's two and a half feet taller yeah
1: yeah and and robert wadlow i think that's his name who was guinness book of records world's tallest man was eight foot and a bit so you're looking at even bigger than that and and goliath would have been kitted out in the finest of of armor and so not only would he he measure nine foot six and he would have been fairly broad in the shoulders at at that height as well but he would have been wearing a a Big helmet with a plume on top. So by the time you put all of that on there, he's probably pushing eleven feet tall. Right, the guys
0: on skates, right, robert you know, like in hockey, they look a lot bigger on skates, right, The helmet. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I always thought that I was, you know, a little bit, you know, and around six feet taller than, you know, a, a larger. Adult male, and then yeah, you go and you stand beside these professional athletes and you get a prick in your neck because you're you're looking up to them, and then like you say, you put them on skates and a helmet, and they're they're huge. David himself probably came in five foot four, five foot six, so at about half the height, half the height, and we would see Goliath kind of striding up and down the battle line, taunting the israelites taunting the 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 army of king saul and he would have come out even with his armor bearers who again these other guys would have been about half his height so that would have made goliath look even larger and he's striding up and down and he's calling out the israelites you know and he's taunting them you know why have you come up to draw drop for battle you know choose a man for yourselves i defy the ranks of israel Right. And I will feed your flesh and and bone to the birds and wild wild animals. And, and he even went so far as to to curse God to curse. Yes, our yeah, Lord. He, he
0: mocked God as well, right? That was another thing that he did, right?
1: Yeah. And when we think about our own fears in our lives, a lot of times they're doing the same thing to us, right? They'll taunt us. Why are you even bothering? You know look at how fearful i am look at how strong i'm you're nothing compared to to me as your fear you now choose a man for yourself you know choose a strategy for yourself it doesn't matter what strategy that you got off the internet or that you learned from YouTube you know, you're still going to be no match for me because you're you're afraid of me and i will feed your soul to the to the wild animals i will i will feed upon upon you uh, and even mocking us when we do turn to our faith right so in a lot of ways goliath the way he was taunting david and the israelite army is the same way that our, our fears taunt us today and like i was saying david was about half his size uh, at one point david does try to kid himself out in armor And King Saul says, come, put on on the finest armor that we have in in our army. But David couldn't move in that. He could hardly walk. And in a lot of ways, thinking about, you know, we turn to the the self-help gurus, and we try to put on the armor of the world, and we can't respond to our fears because we're so weighed down with what the world is trying to tell us that we can't overcome our fears ourselves. And so it's only when we respond like David, right? And David, uh, who comes up to, to the battle line before Goliath, and he says, you know, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And David goes on to say, the Lord who saved me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will save me from the hand of this Philistine. So again, calling on the help of the lord and when goliath even went so far as to mock god and to curse god david says i come to you in the name of the lord of hosts and the god of the armies of israel whom you have defied and this very day the lord will deliver me you into my hand and i will strike you down all right And that's what we need to remember. And we were talking a little bit before we we started recording. We need to remember that our Lord has already won the battle and that will allow us to fight the fight. David knew that the Lord had already won the battle. So that way he could go in and fight the fight.
0: And nothing is more dangerous to me than, than someone who's in a, a game or a battle of some sort that's got absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain. And, uh, you know, in in this walk, Robert, we've, we've got everything that we need. We've got the cross of Jesus Christ, the ultimate victory. And at the end, we're living in a state of grace, walking in right relationship with God. We go to heaven. And I think if you look at even the martyrs throughout history, I think they just knew that I was reading about, um, um, is he a saint? No, no. Uh, Miguel Pro. Do you remember reading that story? Bless and make blessed Miguel Pro. Yeah. So he's still on on the way to becoming uh, uh, in, uh, to be a saint, but uh, blessed Miguel Pro and uh, the great works that he did in uh, in Mexico back in the I guess the 1920s and 30s. Uh, a lot of anti Catholic uh, well, rhetoric from government and and mm-hmm, actions, mm-hmm. Uh, and he did everything incognito, undercover. And when they were going to go make an example of him in a public execution once they actually captured him, uh, you know, he just said, uh, you know, uh, Viva Cristo Rey, right? Long live Jesus Christ, putting his arms out. And uh, there was a public execution right on. Uh, it was photographed, and uh, they wanted to make it an, an example of him in front of all the other Catholics in Mexico to in defiance and to say, this is what's going to happen to you if you defy government orders but it totally worked against them, didn't it robert and i just look at him and saying you know he just had he knew he was going to go to heaven he was in right relationship with the lord whatever happens happens and uh, he just went for it so but uh, yeah what, what are your thoughts on that
1: well and i was just gonna say i think if you look at any of the martyrs deaths most of the martyrs died because the civil authorities wanted to make an example of them that the the civil authorities were trying to hold them up to show how weak the faith is how Mm -hmm. inept god is and like you were saying you know blessed miguel pro and all the the other martyrs already knew that the the battle was won, they already knew that they were going to heaven. They were already in that right relationship with God. And from those stories, from looking at those martyrs' death, we can look at, and this was a a line that was a little bit of the the nexus for putting this book together. I was listening to uh, Lighthouse Media talk by Mark Hart uh, in the car the one time with my son. And Mark Hart says you know like David, don't tell God how big your problems are. So you could say like David, like Blessed Miguel Pro, like any of the martyrs. Don't tell God how big your problem is, right? Like Lord, I'm facing execution. He already was. Tell your problems how big your God is. Tell your problems how big God is, and once we can face our fears and tell our fears and show our fears how big God is and that God has won the battle. It makes it so much easier to get into the thick of the fight right there. Absolutely. And,
0: you know, I think of, of David as a, as a young boy, he spent a lot of time being a shepherd. He was taking care of his father's flock. He had a lot of time by himself, didn't he Robert? Uh, we talk about uh, maybe the monastic life, the, the forced monastic life that we've taken yeah. on here in the last year, year and a half. But um, also that's where we find the Lord in silence and uh, he was outside all the time. He was with uh, God's creation. Um, I think that there's something to be said for cultivating virtue in his life and humility. And that came from being by himself and being with the Lord. Uh, What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, each and every time our Lord Jesus Christ went to speak with the father, went to pray all throughout the gospels you read, Jesus went off by himself, usually up a mountain, into the wilderness to be alone with God. And so there is this need to be alone, this need to be away from the distractions of the world, to be able to develop that relationship with our Lord. And I hadn't really thought of it that way, but I think you you hit the nail right on the head when you spoke about David being a shepherd and spending that time with the flocks and spending that time in prayer with the Lord. Right? And having that deeper relationship with our Lord, he was then able to himself face Goliath and say, it doesn't matter how big you are. Yes, you're twice the size of me. But today, the Lord is going to deliver you into my hands. Today, I will have victory over you. Right. And as he said that, David reached down into the, the dry creek bed, the riverbed that was there. And he picked up five smooth stones. Right? And he put them into his shepherd's pouch. And that's the, the title of the book, Five Smooth Stones. And again, Mark Hart in his talk said, you know, what are those five smooth stones that we put into our shepherd's pouch to face the Goliaths of our own fears? What are the gifts that the Lord gives us? to take on the fears in the world today. And through the course of the book, I look at humility and wisdom and virtue and courage and above all, the grace of God, right? Those uh, in my mind are the, the five gifts that our faith teaches us that we need to face the fears that the world is throwing at us, these days. Right. And when we think about you know, slaying, our giant slaying Goliath, whenever uh, I ask my students, and we talk about the story of David and Goliath, so how did David slay Goliath? How did David take down the giant? And they're like, oh yeah, sir, you, you know, what's his slingshot? And you got him right between the eyes and you know, almost knocked his head right off. I say to them, well, no, let's go that step further. Yes, the the stone knocked Goliath out, but David actually slew Goliath with his own sword. He took the sword of Goliath and cut the giant's head off himself. And that's what these five smooth stones of humility, wisdom, virtue, courage, and the grace of God allow us to do, is they allow us to take down our fears enough that we can then take the sword that our fears are attacking us with and and cut our fears off that
0: way yeah that's that's uh that's powerful
1: and you know i I, sometimes
0: i forget that too about the story and i went back and reread it again and that's exactly how it all played out and that must have been a chaotic scene uh one day when we were in heaven maybe we could ask that we can see how that all played out because i'm sure that was quite the Quite the uh, the experience and quite the scene for the Philistines uh, seeing their their leader uh, uh, get cut down like that by such a um, in the eyes of the world such a a, a minimal individual a small child right or in, compared to him so
1: and coming back to our our sports analogies there I think you see that with teams that when you know their team leader gets cut down or gets injured on the field or when the you know, the the star of the team the mvp is no longer able to to play you'll see a team do one of two things they'll either fall apart like the philistines did when they saw goliath go down or you will see them actually come together as a cohesive unit mm-hmm. right and and work as you know, we would say as the, the body of christ each one doing the job that they're they're called to and so there really is one of two ways that we can can react to to these things and on the flip side on the other side of the battle lines we see the israelites all of a sudden realize that goliath isn't this big bad dude that we thought he was that he was making himself out to be and so then they were able to go and follow through with the attack. And, and the same thing happens in our own spiritual lives, that when we realize that those demons are not as big and bad as they make themselves out to be, then our guardian angel will be there to help us. Then our brothers and sisters in Christ are, are there to help us. And I think that's where that, that first stone of humility comes into play is first and foremost, coming to the realization that God is God and I am not. Coming to that realization that uh, it doesn't all have to fall on my shoulders. And having that humility then to see the role that we have to play in taking on these fears that are are presenting themselves to us. uh, Getting away from our pride that is so often a, a stumbling block to all that we do. You know, realizing that needing others is not necessarily a sign of weakness, but it's a, a sign of of our strength. Right?
0: Sometimes I think even if you look at you know going to confession, the people look at that as something that's, that shows a weakness about them. And that's why humility is the first thing that, first virtue we should pray for before we go into the confessional booth, because there is a lot of, a lot of these uh, thoughts, uh, you know, that we've got to wrestle with these temptations, these uh, feelings of despair, but uh, boy, it's, uh, you know, humility. If we can, I mean, the pride is the root of all, all evil, right. Uh, you know, every sin seems to come from the, the roots of, of pride. And if we can, uh, if we can master humility somehow, or at least come close to being on that uh, that road to humility Makes things so much easier. Yeah, you know, I was thinking too of, of the story of David and and thinking about other people and I remember when he went to the battlefield because uh, what he was doing, Robert, was he was going to visit his brothers, right? And he's giving word back to his his father about you know how are things going on the field and and um, I always struck me how he said, "Who, who is this this Philistine who's talking about Goliath who you know defies the people of God, you know, and speaks of our uh, of God this way." And uh, it even says in in scripture that his brothers and the Israelites were. They said, "We are fearful of this guy. We are afraid of him." So, how important is it for us to find get get in the right relationship with God, live in a state of grace, in humility, so that we can be an example? We can make that breakthrough in our own individual lives, so we can be an example, especially for us men, Robert. Right? If we can get if we can make that breakthrough, that breakthrough with with virtue and with humility, wisdom, we can be that example first and foremost to our our wives and our children.
1: And I think first and foremost, and you've already mentioned it, is the sacrament of confession, the sacrament of reconciliation, of putting ourselves in right relationship with God. And at no other time are we at our weakest, I guess is one way to put it, or our most humble, Then, when we're in the confessional and we are reading off the litany of our weaknesses, the litany of our faults. This is where I have failed, right? And there's nothing more humbling than going through and listing all of your failures. And that's probably why the line for the confessional is the shortest line around right i mean you you're mentioning you know, what was david doing when he went to the israelite encampment? he was he was bringing his brother's lunch mm-hmm. and he was he was sent with food he had been sent to go through the drive-through pick up the, those tim bits and take them to your brothers and coming back to that notion of of humility the lineup at the drive-through is longer than the lineup for the confessional, right? and, Having that humility to say, this is where I have failed. This is where I presented myself as a God, and I've come to realize that I am not God. This is where I let the side down. And so having the strength to show our weaknesses, having the strength to set that example of being a man who is first in line to, to the confessional. I, it reminds me, and I use this line in the book as well, and it's one of my absolute favorite lines. Only the penitent man shall pass. Right. Only the penitent yes. shall pass. Yes. You know who said that?
0: Um, St. Saint Augustine? St. Saint, saint Augustine, I should say?
1: Indiana Jones. Oh, Indiana Jones. Oh, really? The great <laughs> in, in, saint. The great, the great saint, Indiana the, Jones. The, the, the great the, mystic. The great, yeah, Indiana Jones. As he's, they're they're chasing after um, the Holy Grail. Right, they're, right. They're chasing right. after okay. the, the Chalice of of our Lord, and they get. It's actually the lost city of Petra, but they're, they're right. going in, uh, and it's one of the first tests that he has to go through. And it's, the clue is the only the penitent man shall pass. Yes. yes. And, and he finally clues into what this means, and he gets down on his knees just as you know, the the saw goes right where it would have taken his head off. But we need to remember that as as Christians, as Catholics, we need to remember that only the penitent shall pass, only the person who humbles themselves before God will pass. Only those that have the strength to see their own weaknesses shall pass. And when you think of it and you put it into the context of of a military battle, as we're talking about here with the, the Philistines and the Israelites, it's only when the general realizes their weakest point that they're able then to protect that weakness and bring in their strengths, right? And so having the humility to look at our own weaknesses, will then allow us to turn to others to help with our own strengths or to, to, to help strengthen our, our weaknesses. And one of the, the best tools for that, and we're not going to go into to great detail on that, but St. Benedict had a, a 12 steps to humility. And we were talking earlier, I think before we started recording, the you know the, the 12 years of formation uh, for Jesuits. And you, know, you think of 12 steps, it's usually Again, another self help group. Let's say, but think about if we all followed the 12 steps to humility and, and realize uh, exactly who we are in the sight of God. And that's what humility is it's not uh, talking yourself down, it's not negating yourself, it's coming to an understanding of who you are in the eyes of God. Right? And once yes. we realize that, we can again move forward because we know that the battle is the lord's
0: yeah that's right i think that we sometimes confuse humility with a humbling experience of some sort right whether that's uh, playing a sports game or an incident at work but from a spiritual sense yes that's exactly it robert how does how does our lord look at us you know and, and how in comparison to 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 god where we look at ourselves as individuals and really examine ourselves and say i am small you know just like like paul why did he Call himself Paul. Well, he wanted to be small. I think of David too, and and how important is it, Robert, when we're we're cultivating a life of virtue and and humility. Um, You know, I I, sometimes I hear people say, I I don't know if I'm doing enough in my life. Sometimes I don't feel like I've what I'm doing is is very much for the kingdom, right? Maybe I'm just a mom that stays at home with their kids, and and for some reason they think, oh, you know, maybe I'm just not doing much. Where they have the most important job of all, I always say you know, being a mom, uh, you know, even folks that are maybe, uh, maybe they're in a lodge or they're at a senior citizen's home. They say, well, what can I possibly do here? There's so much you can do, right, Robert? There's so many things that we can do in our state of life and what God calls us to.
1: Well, for sure. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking again of our our Lord, and he spoke, you know, about faith the size of a mustard seed, right? And all these little things that we do with great faith, Planting that smallest of seeds, it will eventually bloom and grow into the the largest of shrubs and the largest of trees to, to the point where birds are able to nest in its branches. So even if we feel we're not doing enough, number one, asking yourself that question to begin with shows that you're on the right path because it shows that you are searching to work for the kingdom. It shows that you do want to do what is right with the Lord. But also, again, have that humility to take a look at what you are already doing through the eyes of the Lord. And I always say, even if it touches one soul, right? So someone will say, I did an online talk, I did an online retreat, but only two people showed up. But you know what? Maybe those two people. Whatever seed was planted in their soul during that have gone on then to plant seeds in the souls of two other people and so on and so on. It's not not like the shampoo commercial from the 70s and 80s where, you know, I told two friends and they told two friends and so on and so on. But in many ways, that's the way the kingdom of God grows, right? So even if you've planted that one seed, so for that mom that's a stay-at-home mom with her, her children, her planting the seeds of faith in that child. Well, that child will eventually grow and have children of their own. And they will grow and have children of them. So that one seed that's planted with that one child, when you look five generations from now, has affected hundreds of souls. Right. So we might not see where that's going right now. We're always, always looking to hit the home run. We're always looking for... Yeah. You know, the, 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 the touchdown pass. And really, it's those small things inching forward, which will eventually bear fruit for the kingdom. In our lifetime, maybe not, right? And again, that we need, to, we need to have that humility to say, yes, I'm going to plant the seed, but the Holy Spirit is going to be the one who waters the seed. And our Lord, our God and Father will be the one who plucks the fruit? We're not going to be the one who who benefits from that fruit, except in that on the day of our judgment, when we're asked not only what we've done with our soul, but what are the other souls that we have brought to Christ. So whether it's that stay-at-home mom planting that seed there, it could be you were saying, you know, the the senior citizen in the nursing home. Pray for your grandchildren. Pray for your grandchildren. And you might not see that Titanic of your grandchildren's faith turning on a dime. It takes a long time for those things to turn. Right. Look at St. Monica. You mentioned St. Augustine just a, a moment ago. How many years did St. Monica pray for him? All right, And that was a very long, slow, and laborious project for her.
0: Absolutely. I think of the pro-life movement too, Robert, you know, it's these little wins the these prayers at the corner where you get abuse from people that are passing by and you hear the, the abuse from people in the media. Um, but you just never know when that one car that was going to come by to go to that clinic when maybe your prayers turn them away and you may never know until you get to the next life. Um, but so important, right? Those little small small wins and then not even that it's just putting your faith in god right and I also think of these great basilicas you know the things that are lost on us this great architecture robert right and i know you've been around to many of these basilicas and cathedrals in the world and you see the beauty of them and i think of the sagrada familia in barcelona that has been mm-hmm, under construction mm-hmm. for decades i think 100 years right uh, and still not planned to be complete for at least another few years but uh, you know how they talked to the architects that, um, that uh, they said, you know, we're not going to see the end of this in our lives. We're, we're going to pass away. We're going to go to our eternal reward before we see the end of this, but it's for the future generations. You know, the church of the future is going to be able to enjoy this. And boy, you know what we're, we're in such a, a world that just demands convenience and results right now. Right. We want our fast food. We want our, our favorite show on Netflix, you know, we want all these things, instant gratification, but, uh, the, the, uh, the run to, 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 uh, to Christ and to heaven, as St. Paul says, you know, it's uh, we got to run the race. He doesn't say it's a sprint. It's definitely a marathon, right?
1: Oh, for for sure. And we are such a society of individuals. Mm. And I always like repeating it's Matthew Kelly in his rediscovering Catholicism. And he speaks about our society today being, individualist hedonist and minimalist so it's all about me it's all about the most amount of pleasure i can get for me and it's all about the most amount of pleasure i can get for myself with the least amount of effort Mm. right and our society is so turned inwards that we forget how to be a community and again, I think the the pandemic and everything that's been going on for the last couple of years has really shown that, in many ways and in many times, there's been that lack of a, a communal focus. Or when we are called to make sacrifices for the community, we can't see it past our own individualism. And I think that's been uh, a bit of an eye opener through through all of this. That. Now, we talk about being a strong community, but when we're asked to step up for the community, it becomes too much work. It's too much of an effort to get out of my own personal comfort zone, to get out of my own personal bubble, to to do something for my neighbor. And that's, uh, again, that notion where humility has to come into play, that it's not all about me. Right? It's not all about Robert LeBlanc. It's not all about you know, the Pints and Pews podcast or Catholic Moment or the book. It's about promoting the Kingdom of God. Right.
0: And- one, one of those stones too, and and I think that uh, you know, this from the seeds of humility come courage, and we saw that full display with what David did to Goliath. Right. It took that courage to actually go out to the battle field and and really face you know, the, this, uh, this fear, right? Um, what, what is it though, about the, the culture of uh, the the age, you know, you talk about relativism in the book and, uh, and this, uh, yeah, the culture of death as St. John Paul II said, and, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, the walls are kind of closing in on people. I think there's a lot of people in the church, they feel like these walls are kind of closing in on them with the way the world is. And, you know, from mandates to lockdowns, uh, and then that's just you know what's happening with the virus. But then there's other th- things outside of that. You know, it's just the the spirit of the age, this dark spirit of of relativism and and Marxism and but all the other isms that kind of come with with this evil. Um, courage, where where does that come from, and and how does that fit into uh, one of the stones here, one of the five smooth stones?
1: So when you look at the way we, you know. Put our, our stones into our shepherd's pouch and we kind of have to imagine that because I, I don't walk around with the shepherd's pouch picking up stones but I mean, when you put them in that's one stone is always building on top of the other right and so I start with humility and move into wisdom and wisdom is is essentially knowing right from wrong and not just knowing right from wrong but knowing how to use that that knowledge of of right and wrong right and there's this great great line i believe it's from from proverbs again i don't have the the passage written down exactly for me but fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and it's not fear as being afraid of of god but fear of the lord in that respect for the father and knowing who he is and knowing who we are and so then you know, gathering that wisdom from God because God is constantly speaking to us and he's constantly directing us and that notion of, of right and wrong and being able to make those decisions based on the wisdom that God has given us, right? And we do that again through humility so that wisdom is, is built on, on humility. And on top of that, and we've, we've mentioned uh, the, this notion of virtue. And again, seeing the difference between right and wrong and making the choice to live as God wants us to live. Right. Uh, Our world today is is really a a world of temptation, a a world of vice, a world of sin. We just have to watch and listen to what's out in mainstream media out there, whether it's Hollywood and Netflix or the the fascination with, with Vegas or the bright lights in the big city. But we need to make a choice away from that. We need to uh, look towards virtue as opposed to sin. And one of my favorite lines, uh, and again, and this one, yes, is St. Augustine. There can be no virtue without temptation. To live that virtuous life, we have to turn down temptation. right? And then, so once we have that wisdom, and once we build up, and I look at it, it's almost like a muscle that making those virtuous choices, once you start making small virtuous choices, you're then able to make larger virtuous choices. And from that, then we have this courage, right? And this courage to stand up in the world. We don't, that courage doesn't come in a vacuum. Right? The same way we're talking about David, David's courage to face Goliath didn't come in a vacuum. It came from all those years as a shepherd, spending time with our Lord, spending time to gain the, the wisdom that the Lord had on offer so that he could make those choices. And even when he confronts Goliath, he says, you know, the Lord that saved me from Uh, the paw of the bear and the paw of the lion. So again, building on those small battles that he had had as a shepherd, he's then able to stand up to the, the nine and a half foot Goliath. And I think that the same can be said for us, right? Where we can look at what the world is telling us in that culture of death, right? And when we look at, you know, culture of death is in the the videos that are on television we look at at netflix a lot of the the big shows that are on netflix uh have to deal with death with um, i was i think it's I, I don't really watch a lot of this stuff i choose not to watch a lot of this stuff for for that very reason but i hear bits and pieces trickle through is it was squid game i think was one of the big things that was on
0: yeah i've heard about that one that's a little disturbing i think to me
1: yeah. And so you look at things like that, or you look at um, video games that teenagers are, are playing, we really have become desensitized to death. Right. You know, what's what is death when your character is just going to regenerate, you know, 30 seconds afterwards, if not, you know, if not just 10 seconds afterwards. So we, we've become desensitized to to death. And that leads us into this notion of relativism, where basically whoever carries the biggest stick gets to create the truth. Whoever has the microphone is able to, to dictate what's going on. And thinking of that, I remember it was very early on in my teaching career. And uh, I was teaching in an elementary school and it was a, a day, uh, the principal was out for, for whatever reason. And a day where the weather was kind of borderline and it really depended on what teacher happened to be in the office and had the pa whether it was going to be indoor recess or outdoor recess and at one point it ping pong between the two of them there's almost like there was a maybe a fight going on for the microphone whether the kids were going out or not going out uh depending on who had their hands on the microphone and who was able to make the announcement at that time but we almost see that in the in, in the world today whoever has uh, the loudest media outlet is kind of dictating what society is to hold as, as truth, right? And this actually can cause huge amounts of fear and huge amounts of anxiety, because when the truth is a moving target, we don't know which way to turn. And when the truth is a, a moving target, how can you have wisdom? How can you know the difference between right and wrong when it changes on a daily basis? And so that's where having this fear of the Lord and having the wisdom of the Lord, the humility to turn to God as that source of truth gives us the courage then to stand up and say, wait, hold hold on a moment. This is what God says. And again, I think in our human pride, where we put ourselves ahead of God, we've made ourselves into God. At that point, you know, as society, we're not going to to turn towards him. So we need to have that that courage, and that courage again, it's built on those stones of of humility and wisdom and virtue, but not in a not in a vacuum. And we need to to pray for that courage daily to turn to the Lord. Uh, before we head out for work in the morning, we'll say a, a daily prayer of of benediction, and we'll call for God's blessing on each one of us in the family. And this includes the the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. Before we step out of the house in the morning, we need to pray to St. Michael the Archangel to defend us in the day of battle. We need to pray to have the courage to be a light of Christ in the world. I always say I am so blessed to teach in a Catholic high school where there's the chapel with the blessed sacrament. And so I am so blessed that each and every work day, that's where I start my day. It's not long, maybe five minutes, but I'm able to to pray in front of our Lord for the strength and courage to fulfill my daily vocation as a husband, as a father, and as an educator. And that I have the courage to step up in those moments to defend God and Christ and the church in a loving way, is if we start getting overly combative about it, it's just going to push others away. But if we're able to step up and have the courage to do so, and the wisdom to do so in a way that's loving, I think we'll be able to call others to to Christ's standard. Right? But we need to have the humility to recognize that we can't do it without God's help. We need to do it with the Lord's wisdom. You know, to, to know what is right and wrong, to know where he is calling us. And we need to do it in a life that is virtuous, where we have tamed our, our own temptations, not overcome. Our temptations will always be there. But when the world can see that we have tamed our temptations, that we still struggle with them, but that we're able to move past them, uh, the, the world will, will see us as that light of Christ.
0: A lot of people ask me, they say, you know, what, what's 2022 going to look like? And uh, as we're recording this, it's coming to the end of 2021. And I said, there's no solution without Jesus Christ. There is none. There's not a sustainable long-term solution without the cross of Jesus Christ involved. And that goes for members of our own church too. And uh, I think that that's so important that, you know, just, you know, that's why I really love this book and I highly encourage people to get it because it's such a, a, good easy read doesn't take very long at all it's just it's it's an easy read and there's so much so many good tools and insights to use but you know there is no no solution for when it comes to a a secular solution to what we're seeing right now it's it's got to come through Jesus Christ so I'm not really convinced our our world and our society and our countries are ready to accept that message but I do know that Robert you and I can make that that choice every day you know where we can Go to prayer in the morning. You know, it's uh, you're so blessed that you can have the the blessed sacrament at your avail. But some people don't, but that's okay. You can still spend five to ten minutes start your day out with prayer in silence. Read the daily readings, and um, yeah, just cultivate that that life of of virtue versus vice of prayer and um, receiving the grace that God wants to give us, that we can be an example to the rest of the world, so that the solution, which is the cross of Christ, can be made known to the world through us. Is that, does that make sense to you, Robert?
1: And, and that truly is the final stone. That is the final stone that, that sits on the other four is the grace of God, right? And that grace of God that comes to us through Jesus Christ in the, in the Eucharist. And it's you know, the, the grace of God is what is going to see us through. And again, coming back to that notion of humility of, of realizing that we are not God and that we need God's help to do this right and so bringing christ into the world and how do we get to develop that grace of god how do we get to to know christ it's through spending time with him spending time with him uh with the blessed sacrament Uh, if your parish doesn't already have it i would always you know encourage you to approach your your pastor about having a holy holy hour once a week where you can go and sit with the Lord. if you're able to find a time where you know, maybe the church is open, but Mass isn't going on, and just go in and sit there, get to Mass. Get to Mass. And, and not just your Sunday obligation, either. Get to a weekday Mass. There's, there's when, you, when you get to a weekday Mass, there's a lot fewer distractions going on, and you're able to spend that time. Spend that that time in prayer with our Lord, even finding a quiet place in your own home. Going through the the readings of the day, but you know, f- building up that that grace of God, uh, and you were saying that you know our world maybe isn't ready to hear that message of the grace of God. you know our our nation and our society maybe doesn't want to listen to the message of the grace of God, but our society will never hear that message of the grace of God if we don't have the courage to even begin to whisper it. If we don't have the courage to be that light to the world, it will never even know it exists. And we think uh, you mentioned St. Paul earlier. And you, um, Again, I'm not sure which one of the, the letters this was in, or I think maybe even in the Acts of the Apostles, when uh, he was you know, touring the different Greek temples, and they had a, a shrine to an unknown God. And he says, like, here, you might not know it, but here you have god here is this unknown god is this is who it is actually that you're looking for and our world and our society amidst all of the things that it has created into gods it's done all of that because it is still searching for the one true home which is in the bosom of our our lord right which is not to as the the favorite apostle did um saint john the evangelist you know to lay our head on the the chest of christ but again if we're not even getting the message out there they're never even going to hear it yeah 100
0: and so important that we keep cultivating that uh, relationship with uh with with god through the sacraments and living life in a state of grace it's just uh it's so important and um yeah and it's not it's not easy to do that right but we've we've got to we've got to take those uh those small little wins and, and inch our way forward sometimes and i know it's uh it's, i've heard the term smash mouth catholicism <laughs> i kind of like that you know it's not always easy it's a it's a it's a tough game we've used some sporting analogies in this conversation Robert. why not one more you know where we're uh we may not be throwing the uh the long uh passes downfield and gaining big chunks of yardage but uh get one or two yards at a time, and that's through, uh, through that daily prayer life and and uh, being an example to, uh, to our children. And maybe even a, a pro tip as well for our, our married couples out there, you know, I really like the idea of trying to go to Mass at least during the weekdays. Because, yeah, weekends, you know, you go to the Sunday Mass and uh, you got your kids with you. Sometimes you just, you know, you're trying to, to mind the little ones and make sure there's not uh, too much of a distraction. It can be a little bit difficult for yourself. Uh, but when God's got, God, of course, he totally understands. He's happy that uh, you bring your children to mass, but for your own spiritual life, you know, just talk to your, your spouse and just say, Hey, maybe, maybe between the two of us, we can either be go together potentially, or even, uh, you know, just allow for an evening for each of us to go out to, uh, to spend some time at church. And if you can go to a, a daily mass grade, or even if you can spend a half hour, an hour in, uh, in adoration or in front of the, uh, the, uh, the blessed sacrament, uh, just being close to the tabernacle that works too. So um, those are all, all things that we can do. So
1: yeah, so And small, small steps, small steps too. Like steps. you're the same, you don't run the marathon right away. You got to start with uh, walking around the block. Uh, and yeah, that is something I would highly encourage all married couples to do is to spend that time um, for my wife and I, that's date night. Friday night, date night is uh, adoration at our parish. Right. And we actually work meal times around that to make sure that we get to adoration on Friday evening. Again, small steps. Don't be going to say, let's, no, we're going to start this. We're going to go every week and we're going to start with an hour every week. Maybe start with once a month. Let's go for half an hour. Right. Or maybe we'll start going to Saturday morning mass. Pick one thing with small steps and you will see it bear fruit. In your marriage and once it starts bearing fruit in your marriage again that will give you the the courage to start bearing fruit elsewhere oh,
0: that's so good such a yeah those are all the little things that we can do and uh you know strengthening our marriages and our vocation as, as married couples is is not only edifying and great for the married couple but also for our children and for our uh, our parish community and, and the church as a whole because we need holy vocations to marriage as well and of course we need more holy priests so we got to we got a lot going on and a lot of work to do there but by god's grace we're going to get there and i obviously i want to highly encourage people to get this book called five smooth stones facing the goliath of our fears robert i'm real proud of you as a, as a friend that you, you put this book together how can they get a hold of uh, of this book, and where can they buy it? And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about where they can find more of your work and your ministry.
1: So the easiest way to find anything about my ministry is at CatholicMoment.ca, and we need to have the .ca proudly Canadian, uh, but also proudly uh, Catholic and, and part of the the universal brotherhood of our Christian faith. At catholicmoment.ca, there you will find links to the YouTube channel. You will find links to the podcast. uh, You will find there's a a book page there. So there's five smooth stones uh, that's there facing the Goliath of our fears, uh, as well as my previous book, Who Do You Say That I Am?, and other questions that Christ asks us, where I, I look at eight different questions that Christ asks in scripture Um, and do meditations on those as well. Uh, Both of the books are set up in the same format where there's a a meditation on a part of scripture. And then at the end of each chapter, I ask three questions. I call them points to ponder. So giving the the reader that time to sit back and reflect. So in some ways, you could say it's almost like a self-directed retreat in many ways. So catholicmoment.ca, they can purchase the book there as well. And I wanted to to offer, David, to your listeners of the Catholic Canuck podcast, uh, a 10% discount on the book for them if they were to use the coupon code Canuck. So C-A-N-U-C-K. Nothing to do with the hockey team, everything to do with the podcast. Awesome. Right? So, so catholicmoment.ca uh swing by and even drop a, a message there. There's a, a contact form there. I would love to hear from your listeners as well.
0: That's so good. Thanks, Robert, for offering that to our listeners. And, and again, I'm so uh, thankful that you thought of me and and uh, uh, to to write an endorsement on the back of the cover of the book, which was uh, a real, uh, yeah, just a blessing and an honor to do that. So thank you very much for that. And uh, thanks for being such a great booster and, and friend of our podcast and being a friend of mine as well, Robert. So So thank you very much. And thanks for joining us here today.
1: Thank you again for inviting me back, and uh, hopefully we will chat again between now and our second anniversary. But I'm I'm looking forward to uh, December twenty second, twenty twenty two for you know our, our second anniversary recording. Put it on the calendar. That sounds good to me, Robert. Thanks again, man. Okay, thank you, and may God bless and protect the the Scubin family and the Catholic Canuck family.
0: Thanks again to Robert for joining us in this edition of the Catholic Canuck Podcast. Again, that book it's a good one. It's called Five Smooth Stones Facing the Goliath of Our Fears through Justin Press. And you can pick up that book, uh, well, anywhere you find your fine books, uh, through Justin Press, through Robert's website, catholicmoment.ca, or you can even knock on the door of your favorite Catholic bookstore in your area and ask for them to bring it in. That's a good idea, too. It's a good way for Robert and for all Catholic authors to get their message out in their books. I want to say thank you, too, for listening to the podcast. Hey, drop me a line anytime. I love hearing from listeners, hear from listeners from all over the world. It's so cool. Even though we're based out of Canada, I'm out of Fort Saskatchewan, Alberta. Love being here. Bloomer, you're planted, right? But I love hearing from so many people from across Canada, the United States, and Europe, and other countries as well. It's been such a blessing doing this. And uh, thanks for all your prayers and your words of support. And reminder to like us on Facebook and Twitter. Follow us there. Drop me a line anytime and listen to us anywhere you find your fine podcasts apple spotify google and drop us a review so we can get our message of love this revolution of love to the rest of the world so thanks again everyone and hey catholics you know what you got to do we've got to live in a state of grace at all times receiving the eucharist worthily and going to confession at least three times every year every lent every advent and anytime you're in a state of mortal sin don't even spend a second of your life there Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. We'll chat with you very soon.